It's time for another episode of Dynasty Oasis Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Newts and Josh Adkins. Welcome to the Dynasty Oasis Podcast. My name is Matthew Newts. You can find me on Twitter at Nasty Newts. And with me today, as always, is Josh Adkins at Dynasty Oasis. How's it going, Josh? Good, good. Uh, don't forget Dynasty Nerds as well. I'm, uh, I'm right. a writer at both. Um, it's going great. Uh, it's uh, it's another great Thursday, another great chance to talk football with you, Newts. Uh, we've we've got an action-packed show here, so we're doing the uh, the AFC West 2020 review and, and off-season preview. But um, we had some kind of big trade news, uh, kind of to start the uh, the day off today or about midday. Um, Carson Wentz moving to Indianapolis for a 2021 third round pick and a 2022 second round pick that um, I know can upgrade to a first. Um, kind of what are your initial thoughts on this? I think let's dive right into it. Yeah, we kind of plotted out this show before this trade happened, so uh, we definitely don't want to neglect it. Um, I did write a quick little blog about it on DynastyOasis.com, mm-hmm. so check that out. Um, I thought the compensation was about right, don't you? I, I feel yeah, like I this is a pretty fair trade. No, I absolutely do. I, I, I think this idea of getting two firsts and a playmaker or you know, some of the things, that that was all coming out of Philadelphia. That yeah, wasn't you know, that's reliable. pretty clear. Yeah, reliable sources. So, um, no, I think it is about about a fair deal. And, um, you know, as far as the landing spot, I think we kind of hit the nail on the head that this was both maybe the most likely and probably the best spot for Carson Wentz to go. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess the move didn't really shock me and the compensation. Yeah, I think it's about right. What, you wrote this in the column. It, exactly what would upgrade it to the first round pick again? Um, I think he either needs to play 70% of the snaps and they make the playoffs or it was like 75% regardless of their playoff seating. Basically be healthy. Yeah. If if he, you know, is good enough to, and stays healthy enough, this will be a first round pick. Um, I think it's more likely than not that it does upgrade, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, what you know when you look back at his time in Philadelphia, would you say the biggest detriment was kind of the protection he was getting? Well, yeah, in this most recent season, absolutely. I mean, certainly there was a lack of playmakers, but um, I, I feel good quarterbacks turn you know even pretty average players into playmakers. So um, I, I think it had much more to do with the offensive line, and and the fantastic news in that regard is that he goes to maybe the best offensive line in the league. Now I know. Uh, left tackle somewhat of a concern for the Colts but they didn't have to give up pick I believe they're 21 this year so I would think um, targeting a left tackle to replace Costanzo would be kind of their their move there and you add that to Quentin Nelson and some of the other good pieces that they've got along that O-line and um, I think they'll be able to keep him upright obviously Frank Reich uh, is there so that there's there's connection there Um, I think it's a fantastic spot and I think it's kind of an upgrade for Indianapolis kind of the playmakers um, pretty much all all the way around. I can't find find downside in in anywhere in Indianapolis. Yeah, I made some rankings adjustments today based on the trade, and I didn't move anyone down. The only guy I would have moved down is Eason, and there really wasn't any room to move him down until <laughs> I until I add in this upcoming class right, of rookies, right. which we're not going to do until the draft. So landing spot. Um, yep. So yeah, every wide receiver, every running back, every tight end is, you know, a mild uptick. So it's, it's a good f- trade for uh, fantasy. It improves value. It should, uh, 
activate some trade talks amongst your leagues. People trying to, yeah, I had someone snipe Michael Pittman from me today. He offered me a deal that was really good for me. So I accepted it. So, uh, you know, unless you got something else to say on Wentz, do you want to get into our our own trades we made? Well, I don't think we should skip over the Philly side of things here because I I think frankly, maybe the biggest talking point from this whole, um, this whole trade today is actually what to do in dynasty with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, obviously, if he starts for Philadelphia, we saw what the upside can be in the games last year. You know, you compare, I mean, the offensive line problems didn't magically get better in the four weeks he started that Carson was on the bench. Um, he played under the same circumstances and looked like a much better quarterback. Um, but at the same time, they're sitting at six. And, you know, uh, you know, we'll get into kind of the AFC West, but I know you got Trey Lance at one point and at pick nine for for the Broncos in a mock simulator. I've seen these quarterbacks go from, you know, anywhere from four to 12, 15. Um, so at the end of the day, we don't really know what's going to happen in terms of uh, would they consider addressing the quarterback position high in this draft? And so that's really the concern for me with, with Hertz. It's not so much that I don't think he's a good player. It's just if they have a chance at Zach Wilson, would they pull the trigger, uh, knowing that they're probably not going to be in the top 10 very often with a quarterback like this to select? Right, and I've seen that floated out there today that the Eagles would consider bringing in competition for Hurts. I'd be pretty surprised. I'm not going. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I do love Wilson. I do love Fields. If one of them fell to six, would it shock me if they selected them? No, but I don't see them moving up to take one so they'd no. have to have something fall into their laps no this is a value play in the same way that jalen hurts last year was about right. value play they don't know for a fact now the the four games we saw the tape at alabama and at oklahoma there's a good player in jalen hurts but they also know that they can trade jalen hurts they're not married to jalen hurts forever they've got him right. under contract if they get somebody that they think can be better i'm just saying from the the organizational just the way they've operated, I think that there's at the very least a chance. And so I think what you're going to do with Jalen Hurts over the next, you know, let's say a month and a half before the draft, I think is going to be important because um, I think that there's at least that risk built into this still. There is. um, I'll I'll admit that that there probably is a a chance. I'd say it's small. I moved Hurts up one spot in my rankings, but that was because I was already pretty convinced he would Mm -hmm. be their starting quarterback. And I still feel, you know, pretty darn confident that Hurts will be the week one starter in Philadelphia. Yes, if Fields or Wilson fell to six, could I see them taking them? Yes, but I don't see either of those guys falling to six. That's and that's where I'm at too. Is I, I genuinely believe uh, by hook or by crook, the top four is going to be quarterbacks. Whether teams are moving up or the teams that are there just take them because they're you know they need that franchise quarterback um, is kind of yet to be seen. But I think that's the top four picks. So you're right. If if they're sitting at six and all four are gone, I think it's a it's obviously a no question. I'm just wondering if one got there, if they wouldn't. I think it's an organization that would at least consider it, and I think dynasty managers need to at least weigh this if you're going to go make an aggressive offer for Hertz. Now, if I've got him, I'm probably just holding like you because I think there's huge upside in next year. Um, but I guess as maybe as maybe as a rebuilder, do you just sort of churn this value? You probably didn't spend an awful lot to get him the previous season. I don't know. That's maybe the one situation where I'm thinking, you know, do I potentially just cash this chip in? I think it's worth exploring. I don't feel like you need to 
do it just to do it. But yeah, if there's someone making aggressive offers, you know, entertain it. I think it's worth considering. I have a few teams that are in rebuild state with Hertz and I saw him as part of my future, but Mm -hmm. yeah, if I could, you know, swap him for an early first or, you know, a bundle of assets, it might be worth doing. So yeah, that, that could be a savvy play for some of you guys out there. Well, why don't we get into a kind of a rebuilder and a, an aggressive offer kind of based off of this this trade that happened today in the real NFL. So in, in, in one of your dynasty leagues, why don't you actually you go ahead and set this up? Yeah, this was the first orphan I took over. I actually took okay. it over after week one last year. The team was in rough shape. I traded off some older assets. I already have a ton of draft picks in this upcoming class, but my roster is pretty bare. Um, I was offered 204, 303, and 307 for Michael Pittman. And I, uh, I deliberated for a little bit. I texted you for your opinion, and then I accepted it. Um, I feel like I can get a similar type receiver to Pittman at 204. So these extra depth picks will allow me to, you know, maneuver the draft or just play a quantity type strategy. Because I have 101, I have 107, I have 112, I have 201. <laughs> now I got two early thirds and a mid third. So I got all kinds of chips here in this upcoming draft to really control what happens. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I texted you. I don't know if you said this, if this is super flex or not. You, you, you texted me back and said it is. Um, that's really was the determinant factor for me. If this was single quarterback, which I know you play in a lot less of those than I do at this point. Um, so I've almost kind of stopped asking super flex or not for you. But um, ultimately, if this was one quarterback, I, I kind of would want something more targeted for a guy in Pittman who I do really, really like. Uh, but in super flex, there's enough value here where it's just kind of. Um, especially for a rebuilder such as yourself, I, I think there's you know plenty of value there to to make this work out long term. Um, I also made yeah a real quick. That, sorry, yeah, uh, go ahead. Before you get into yours, uh, yeah. I did want to just reiterate that if you're we're talking super draft or super flex draft picks, you can pencil in four quarterbacks, basically one through four. So the two hundred four in a one you know in a super flex rookie draft is more like the one eleven one twelve. So right, exactly. you got to value all these picks a little bit higher. Right. And so maybe it's not quite in that, you know, that second tier of player, but you're getting, you know, Kadarius Tony or Terrace Marshall or uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tylen Wallace, kind of your select, you know, selection of guys there. Kenny Gainwell could be in that area. Um, so I like the trade. Um, I made kind of a, a big, big boy trade this week. Uh, George Kittle, Cortland Sutton in 2022 uh, second, I sent away for Saquon Barkley in a 2022 uh, first round pick. So I get a, you know, a potential round upgrade or at least one pick upgrade, I guess. We'll just kind of see how that shakes out. Um, but basically George Kittle and Cortland Sutton for Saquon Barkley. Now I should say, uh, this is a tight end premium strategy. I kind of want, uh, or a tight end premium league. I want your thoughts, Nudes, and then I'll kind of get into why I actually made this move. Yeah. You texted me this offer and you asked which side I wanted. Um, I said slam dunk if it's not tight end premium. Right. And then I said flip a coin if it is. Um, I, I I understand. Well, I won't explain your logic for you because I, I know the answer. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's just a really good trade. It's really fair. You're taking a little bit of a gamble on the draft pick. I like that. I like to gamble on future first. We talked mm-hmm. about that last week. So I like that part of the deal. Saquon, you're buying probably as low as you possibly could. At this point for Saquon, he was the 101 in startups in most leagues last year. Um, so I think you're getting a bit of a discount on, you know, what we view as or what many view as in the dynasty community as a generational talent. So mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I mean, we love George Kittle, but he's been hurt. 
He's been hurt he almost every year. So yeah. um, you got to factor that in. And Sutton, nice piece, but, um, you know, I, I like him a lot. But we all have concerns over Denver's offense and what they're going to do at quarterback. Yeah, and so really this this came down to a diversification strategy. I in, I'm in four FFPC leagues with a couple of buddy of my buddies of mine that we co-own. Um, and un- unfortunately, last year we had three out of four shares of both Kittle um, and Sutton, and it really sort of uh, hamstringed us across you know four leagues basically. Um, and I know Barkley was hurt last year, and so there's there's some risk in that too. But essentially, what this came down to, and I, I really you know. Um, I tended to gravitate away from this strategy when I was in a lot less leagues, but the more I get into, uh, the more it is kind of important to sort of diversify the profile. So uh, you're not left holding the bag if, if Kittle and Sutton both go down for multiple weeks or basically the whole season as Sutton did. Um, so that was a big factor in this trade. But I also think it's important to note Saquon Barkley is as viable as a top five asset we'll get right now. Um you know, I, I think most people still view him as one of the three most talented running backs in the league. Um, certainly the injuries have cost him games over the last couple of years. But I think that massive LT Christian McCaffrey uh, type season uh, is still in him. And and the idea here is that I'm going to get that season here in the next year or two and, and be able to sell him for more than this, along with get a pick upgrade. So. Um, that was kind of my thought process. I think we should move right into AFC uh, West 2020 review and offseason preview. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, well, let's start with the AFC champs. Uh, we started last week with the Bucks, the Super Bowl champs. Let's start with the AFC champs, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, why don't you lay out kind of what they um, have in assets or yep. what, what their cap situation is? So they're a little over the cap right now. By the way, before we even start talking any cap numbers, I think uh, an important piece of news came down this week. Uh, $180 million will be the minimum threshold that the NFL is considering for a salary cap for next year. Um, we take all of our numbers off of Spotrack. So um, ultimately, that's about $10 million off of what they have, but that's the minimum. I think there's going to be some dollars added to that. So I think this notion of the cap potentially dropping by $30 million or as much as $30 million is a notion that at this point we can put to bed. It may not expand in the ways we've been used to in recent years, um, but I think this idea of a bunch of teams being really in cap purgatory uh, is sort of dead at this point. So these yeah, the NFL that, didn't want yeah, that. They no, really they didn't definitely want didn't. That. Yeah, no, it, it would have been bad for the competitive balance and just the overall just a, a league's ability to function. And so I think they made the right move here. So Kansas City, they are eighteen million over the cap, but. Um, right off the bat, they can get 14 million back on a, on Tyron Matthew. They have an opt-out clause in his 2021 contract. My guess is they'll restructure something, um, and Matthew will be back. But uh, Sammy Watkins comes off the books, and I don't think that they have any plans to retain him. Um, aside from that, they maybe have to look at long-term extension for Eric Fisher. But ultimately, a lot of this team is coming back next year, and and for the most part, they have. Um, all of their draft capital. Now, there's definitely some team needs here, even for a team that's been to back-to-back Super Bowls, obviously winning one of them. Um, why don't we kind of talk, though, before we get into the offseason, let's talk a little bit about the fantasy assets that are here um, and what we sort of expect and project going forward into the offseason. Um, I think we can kind of just leave Pat Mahomes as uh, he's the number one quarterback, and I don't really care if it's single quarterback, super flex, or two quarterback. 
Um, he's within like 12 to 15 players that are almost untradeable because of the weekly advantage he gives you. Certainly, if you're rebuilding really at the bottom of your league, you could consider it. But ultimately, he's as close to an untradeable asset as, as there is. But I think the interesting guys to discuss here would be Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey. Um, I believe Hill is 27. Kelsey is 31. So while neither are, you know, in the last year or two of their career, I think really where they are is they're in the last year or two where anybody in Dynasty cares what their actual age is. I think that day is is slowly creeping up where people at least start factoring the age into the Dynasty evaluation. And so um, this may be kind of the year to get out on these players, probably not preseason, but, you know, if, if you can make a move at the trade deadline. I don't know. What do you think about those two assets individually, buying, holding, selling your thoughts? Yeah. Um, so relay out the assets real quick for me. Like I Hill, Hill and Kelsey. I think Hill and we'll, Kelsey. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kelsey. I mean, it's, it's such a case by case basis for me. I traded him away in a league, but if I, you know, was a contender, I'm absolutely, you know, considering bringing him in for the right price tight end premium. That might be too much, um, too much meat on the bone for me to really, you know, pay what it would cost to get him. I guess I'm probably more on the sell spectrum for him. Okay. Uh, if if I'm factoring in all possible situations, Tyreek's probably more of a hold for me. I, I don't know if I'm going to be slamming out huge offers for him. And if I had him, I'm probably not going to be willing to sell. I think he can still, you know, one of the best building blocks out there for sure. So, um, so yeah. do, you see, do you see multiple wide receiver one seasons left in him? Because I'm not necessarily sure that I do. I think we're nearing the apex of his value. I think we're nearing it, but could I see a, a three-year stretch where he averages out at, you know, wide receiver one, two, three, four? Yeah, I don't – I'm not necessarily scared, but um, it, if you wait too long, it might be obvious that the cliff is near. So that's yeah. I'm not going to tell you not to sell them, but I, I'm not quite there yet. I th- I think it's worth at least exploring, and I, I should mention actually, um, the same manager who made this Cortland Sutton George Kittle deal with me for Saquon Barkley actually came knocking for um, Tyree Kill, and I made a similar offer to this um, for Saquon Barkley with Tyree Kill in it. I'm. I'm not necessarily saying sell at all costs, but I think if you could reset the clock and stay within that top 20, you know, that top 20 player universe, um, you know, I could throw out a couple names here. I think, you know, if you if you're looking at um, sorry, I'm pulling up the names. I mean, could you get Antonio Gibson and a first round pick for Tyreek Hill right now? I mean, I'm just Cam Akers. Could you get one of those running backs and something pretty meaningful on the side? I, I sort of think you could, and I'm just wondering if if in a year you'll still be able to just sort of with impunity offer him to people and get real, you know, visceral reactions of wanting to get Tyree Kill. I think he's been such a, a flashy player that even if he did have a bit of a down year, People are, it's going to be kind of like the Josh Gordon syndrome where people are just perpetually <laughs> sure. interested. Okay. So, yeah. um, I, I don't think you need to feel any sort of desperation, but if I was in the, the market for selling, yeah, a Gibson and a first type offer would absolutely intrigue me and, and something I would do in certain circumstances, but I just don't feel like you need to force it. No. If you're getting really strong offers like that, 
then yeah, I mean, you might want to consider it. Um, just evaluate all your pieces. Um, if you feel really good about your depth at receiver, you got draft pick assets. Uh, this is another good receiver class, like receivers really deep. So, and running backs starting to thin out a little bit and some of the top dogs are getting a little older as far as running backs go. So yeah, I don't hate the idea of flipping him for a Gibson and a one. I, I don't hate that at all. I could even go down a little bit further into my next tier. I mean, Brandon Ayuk in a one for Tyree Kill. I don't think anybody out there on Twitter, you know, if you put that poll up there, would vote for the Ayuk in the one side. I don't know that that's that far off of maybe where the the real value should be. I, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, it's at least worth exploring, seeing if you can get a really good offer out of somebody for Tyree Kill. Um, I don't know. I just... To some degree, I feel like this this level of speed and playmaking ability is not something that's built to last. It almost feels like, um, to some degree, he's made this last longer than I than I kind of expected. He's a really good player. He's in a really good offense. I think we should move on. Uh, Clyde edwards helaire is kind of the last guy I want to touch on. I think before we move kind of to the off season here, what are your what was your impression of Clyde this year? Do you think he rebounds next year? Was this a health thing? Them not trusting him. What did you see out of Clyde? I didn't see the same player I saw at LSU, um, and okay. I got a refresher on him um, recently when I was watching a bunch of Jamar Chase film, and I never really <laughs> saw that same guy. So I'm, I'm I was kind of pretty meh on Clyde until I got the refresher of his college tape recently. I'm like, okay, I could I could talk myself into buying low right now on Clyde if you know I see that kind of you know, high level elusiveness that I saw at LSU. I don't know why that just didn't translate or didn't translate very often. He had so, flashes, but I just, I don't know, man. I wasn't thrilled. I think I'm willing to trade anywhere up to like the 107, 108 in this draft class for him. Does that sound about right to you? Would you give up more or less? I would take him in this specific class over every running back except for Najee. Yep. Yep, and me too. it'd be pretty close with Javante Williams for me. That's, so that yep. probably is about right. That's not, okay. Perfect. And that would, would be a one quarterback league, by the way, not, not a two uh, or a super flex league where, you know, probably two one twelve that yeah. area for, for Edwards Zalar. If I could, if I could do that, I'd absolutely be making those offers. Yeah. Cause a lot of these receivers in this class, I would absolutely prefer over. Yes. Clyde, so that's probably the right area. Yep. Um, Miko Hardman, uh, Byron Pringle, any other, any other pieces here you want to touch on before we move into their off season plans? Hardman's a guy you're just going to want to have on a certain amount of your teams. If you play in a lot of leagues, it's just, it's worth, you know, the price of if he blows up, he's got some super high end potential range. Um, sure. it's not not a guy I'm going to want on all my teams, but if he ever, you know, if Tyree kill falls off of a cliff, they drafted Hardman, I, I still believe, as Tyree Kill Insurance because he's got a yes. similar skill set, just yep. not quite as refined. So I, I don't know if he falls into that wide receiver too. I think this is a team that's going to want to replace that spot, that they could use an upgrade there, and they should pursue. And, you know, the cap this year, there's a lot of teams when you look across the league that are $10, $15, 20000000 million projected over the cap right now. And mm -hmm. this is a pretty good, uh, you know, free agency class. And when you look at a team like Kansas City, yes, they're 18 million over the cap right now, but 
that doesn't really matter. They no, can, it doesn't matter. They can yeah. get under the cap pretty darn easily from mm-hmm. a variety of different methods. They're going to be able to wait out this market a little bit, and they're going to get some pretty good bargains because team players are going to want to play for the Chiefs if they're not you know, getting massive offers elsewhere. They're going to be able to play a patient offseason and I think really add to this team smartly if they you know, take a tactful approach like that. Absolutely. Um, so let's move into the off season. You mentioned that, you know, they could be active in free agency. This cap number is sort of a, a myth. They have all of their draft picks short of their sixth round pick. They're missing, I should say. Um, what do you think the big team needs are here for Kansas City? Um, is there a specific way you would address it, you know, through free agency or the draft? Kind of where do you want to start there? Yeah, they uh, certainly showed in the Super Bowl that offensive line could use some sure. some fresh blood. And yes, they have Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz on the outside, but wouldn't shock me to see him draft a young tackle at some point. Or their interior offensive line is really what kind of fell apart on them this year. Their yeah. uh, left guard, the uh, what was his name? Duvernay Tardif. Uh, yeah, out. he was uh, opted out for COVID, so hopefully he'll be back. They had that other Colecchio Semele who started the year for them mm-hmm. really well, and then he got hurt. So um, I did kind of a three-round just mock draft simulator for all these teams, and I gave them Wyatt Davis at the end of the first round. Okay. Uh, I thought he'd be a good fit for their scheme at guard. Um, they could look at center. They could look at guard or even a swing tackle that could play inside early and move outside if um, Fisher retired or something. Yeah, and I, I didn't hate that draft pick. I certainly like Wyatt Davis. This interior offensive lineman class is, is fantastic. Um, I kind of think their biggest need is is at, at middle linebacker on, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so maybe I would have liked to see, you know, Nick Bolton or um, Zayvon Collins, Dylan Moses even potentially, although I think he has some coverage issues. I, I, I liked the pick in Wyatt Davis. Um, I think they could look at potentially adding a skill position player there, like a you know a wide receiver, especially with the kind of slot guys that we're projecting to go in that round or in that area, I should say, whether that's Tony or um, Elijah Moore, uh, Rondell Moore, potentially. Uh, I think there could be an interesting dynasty asset added here in the first three rounds. And actually, I, I noticed now that you've got Amon Ross St. Brown here going in the third round. I think that's an interesting one, too. Yeah, if I were the Chiefs, um, I would take try to get a veteran on a cheap one-year deal trying to win a ring at receiver and then maybe wait till the end of the second or the third round to draft one of these second tier wide receivers mm-hmm. that fall a little further than you'd expect i wouldn't count on him on ross st brown being here at the 95th pick but if he were and the chiefs hadn't addressed that position yet i i think it would be a slam dunk easy pick for them Oh, it'd be a great pick. I mean, the comp I gave was, I, I see a lot of Chris Godwin there, kind of that that useful slot. You can run him outside because he's just big enough and athletic enough, but um, he's going to do most of his work slot, catch and run. He would be so good in that offense as a, as a really a perfect compliment, kind of a, 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 a guy, if he can stay healthy, can do what they always hoped Sammy Watkins would do in that offense potentially. Yeah, um, I think it would be a really good fit for yeah, that would team. Be, yeah, that would be very, very interesting. Um, as far as the chiefs go, um, I think we both think they're going to be very, very good next year. Um, we will, we'll do division winners at the end. I kind of think this is going to be the pick, but maybe we should move into the Raiders kind of the, the next team we got on the list here. Yeah. Uh, 
really interesting team. They have so much I like, and they, they every year they make a few decisions that just kind of befuddle me. So <laughs> they took Henry Ruggs first last year out of yeah. all the wide receivers, and he was a massive disappointment. I'm going to ask you kind of the same question you asked me about Clyde. What are you doing with Ruggs? I'm buying. I'm absolutely buying. In fact, I took him probably higher than I think most would in the, the one startup I've done so far this year. Um, I'm, I'm still pretty bullish. I know the fit with Carr is not fantastic, or at least I think that was part of the narrative coming into last year. Um, and then Nelson Aguilar did what he did and you sort of saw, no, Carr can take vertical shots when, when sort of presented with them, um, players just need to catch the ball, but maybe that's, Maybe maybe Nelson Aguilar is a little bit of a cautionary tale here because we've seen kind of the Henry Ruggs from uh, Aguilar in Philadelphia. Um, I think Ruggs is still a really good player. I think pound for pound, he's one of the fastest players in the NFL, and I just don't think you find that everywhere. Um, I think there's enough polish to his route running where he can be successful. Certainly, this is a big year for him. I'm, you know, I'd give him one more year, but I am kind of buying because I think the price is depressed enough where – I mean, I think a lot of the community values Mims and Pittman and a lot of these guys, Chenault, a lot of these guys who went behind him, um, over him at this point, I think he can ha- be had for a reasonable price. I would say, I mean, if you've got a mid to early second, could he be had for that right now? And maybe a throw in Jeff Wilson and a second round pick, something like that, I think really gets somebody to at least consider it right now. Yeah, if you have extra picks, um, those are the types of teams that I would be targeting rugs with, uh, especially if the rugs manager, you know, is out their second round pick or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were just disappointed enough. Yeah, I'll take another crack at this position with the rookie. I'm not nearly as optimistic as you, but there is okay. certainly a point where, yeah, it's worth it. The draft capital is that high. They're going to try to make this work for at least a few years they're not going to bail quick so he's got a long runway of opportunity right that's why it's worth buying low on not regardless of how i feel about him um i think it's a classic sense of try to buy try to buy right now and even though i don't particularly like the player i, I like the value opportunity no i agree and you know um, I think it's probably important to note that they are $9 million over the cap. Nelson Aguilar is a potential free agent. I think they're going to try to keep him. Maybe they can't. Um, either way, I, I, you know, I really think Henry Ruggs is going to see a, at least a step forward in year two. Um, so I'm still very interested. I think the other guy that's, uh, frankly, very polarizing in the industry right now is, is Josh Jacobs. I don't know where you have. Well, actually, let me pull up the rankings as I filibuster here a little bit. I have him at running back oh boy uh looks like 17 running back 17 i'm not exactly sure where you have him i feel like i'm maybe even still a little bit low on him but i think he's fallen out of the top 10 do you feel I'm like at he, 15 you have him at 15 okay perfect do you feel like that presents a buy i mean i feel like there's a lot of hatred out there for josh jacobs right now and while I've never been his biggest fan or, or the most bullish person on Josh Jacobs, I think he may be a value right now. I'm starting to come around to the idea of maybe making a couple offers because it feels like he's uh, the, the hate's maybe gone too far even on him. It's definitely polarizing. That is the right way to put them. And looking at my ranks, honestly, uh, I got to move him down a few spots because um, <laughs> I think he's in the right tier for me. But okay. 
uh, there's a few guys in his tier that I have below him that I'd rather have. I got Joe Mixon below him. I think I'd rather have Mixon right now. I think yeah. we ta- I talked myself into wanting to Clyde more than him. So okay. I'd probably move him both. I'd probably have him at running back 17 too. Now that I think about it more. I don't know. I'm kind of one of the guys out there in the community that don't like Josh Jacobs. I traded him in a second for Antonio Gibson in a first earlier this offseason. Oh, well, I thought that was a dunk. slam dunk. But if yeah. you had flipped those two picks around, if you had offered me Jacobs in a second for or whatever you know what I'm trying to say yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. I had to give up a first and Jacobs for Gibson in a second I probably would have done probably would have done it right no and I think that's fair um do you think there's so Darren Waller I think we're both huge fans of he's tight end three for both of us is that fair yeah um absolutely um I I wouldn't sell uh especially in premium nope. He's got a skill set that's very unique to that position. Super athletic. Uh, you're basically getting a wide receiver at tight end, so don't sell. Buy if you can, but it's going to cost you a lot. And the question I was going to ask is if it's not Nelson Aguilar, I do think that there's room for a third option in this offense. Do you expect Brian Edwards to take a step forward? I know he is uh, one player that is held very, very highly regarded in Dynasty Twitter. I like the player. I worry about injuries, obviously. He's been hurt almost every year in South Carolina. So uh, what are your thoughts w- with Edwards? Yeah, that was another cult following that I didn't participate in. I think they address this position again at some point in the draft. Probably not nearly as early, but Edwards doesn't do much for me. Okay, and and it's basically where I'm at, too. Um, it's not that I don't think he can. I just think he was overvalued, and the people who have him are probably not going to be willing to give him up. So I no, just don't say we're a part of the cult. Right, that's exactly right. And so I don't think it presents a buying opportunity really either. Um, you know, if you've drank the Kool-Aid already, you're probably riding with that. So um, as we kind of move into the off season, I, I think, you know, this is a team that could add offensive line. This is a team... Um, Actually, you know what? Before we move into the offseason, the one other guy I wanted to ask you about is Marcus Mariota. Um, Carr's obviously been waffling back and forth for a few years now. I think we saw mostly good Carr last year, but, you know, it was bad Carr the year before that. Um, What are your thoughts on Mariota? What would you be valuing him at in a Superflex League based on the Ryan Tannehill potential effect? Yeah, he could musical chair himself into an opportunity somewhere. Uh, there was reports today that the uh, Colts had asked the Raiders about Derek Carr before they made okay. the Wentz trade, yep. and that yep. the Raiders said he's not available. So if that's true, then okay. Derek Carr's not going anywhere, so therefore Mariota would have to get dealt. And I have heard some rumors that teams have inquired about him. So could he land a starting job next year? Um, I don't think it's going to be clear cut, but he could end up in a situation with an opportunity to compete. And if that were to happen, then yeah, we got to maybe try and make some offers right now. Would you, would you pay a third in Superflex right now? Uh, probably not an early third, but if we're talking three oh six and or on, later, so late yeah. third, early fourth, that's kind of where you'd start your offers at. Yeah, I wouldn't get too over too the crazy. moon because there are some quarterbacks in this draft that are kind of prospect like that i would um you know prefer probably okay. until that point all right um then let's move into the off season so um quarterback i don't think is a position they're going to address but i think they could look along the offensive line i think really the big need for them um you know they've got some really good edge setters i think um assuming they're able to bring back hurst and and keep this interior together 
I feel like they're pretty good against the run. I feel like they need somebody off the edge that can create a little bit more havoc than Max Crosby and Clellan Farrell have been able to. So I think that's one big need. I think they could get better at linebacker. And um, frankly, I think they could get better at corner. I just think they've invested so much there recently that I don't know that they can just keep going to that well. Yeah. Um, Sort of as we go into the offseason, do you you expect them to address some of these in, in free agency, in the draft? Kind of what do you like for the Raiders here? Well, I see we're giving them negative $9 million in cap right now, so they're not going to be able to go out and make a huge splash, but they could maneuver their cap to, you know, add some, you know, decently smaller type moves. So they're really going to have to have a good draft. Um, in my mock, Rashawn Slater fell to them at 17, so that was a slam dunk. And then I gave him Carlos Basham, a DN from Wake Forest in the second round, kind of like him. And I'm not even going to try this guy's last name, but Levi O. On from, Wuzurike. Okay, on Wuzurike, D-tackle. So, yeah, yeah I'm absolutely uh, – I would work on this defense, man. They were kind of a joke last year. They got to do a lot there. Yeah, I think that's absolutely uh, the play. I kind of like uh, Joker, Jeremiah Wusa Cora for them. Uh, Cora Moa, excuse me, uh, for them at 17. I think that's one guy that they could go with. Yeah, uh, he he looks nice on tape. I think it's unrealistic that they get Rashawn Slater there. So I think that's kind of the guy that I'm sort of penciling in, in in a lot of my mocks or sort of when I run through this exercise. I think that's a position that could definitely get better. I love the Basham pick. Um, he's a kid that's really... Um, really growing on me. Um, actually, I heard a, a rumor that they were interested in God potentially signing Chris Godwin too. So I don't know that this nine million dollar thing excludes them from contracts necessarily in the way that you know. But at the same time, yeah, they're not going to be able to go go crazy or anything. Um, didn't give them an offensive lineman. I think they're they're probably good there. They could add you know in the third, fourth, fifth round. Well, I gave um, them Slater. Oh, yeah, you did give him Slater. I'm sorry. What am I talking about? Sorry. Jeez Louise. Uh, I think they could add one of these, you know, Demetric Felton, Jarrett Patterson, JV and Hawkins, one of these sort of sure. smaller scatbacks um, in the later rounds. That'd be an interesting spot. I think Devontae Booker's been sort of modestly successful there as the secondary guy or as the the change of pace when, when Jacobs has been hurt. So maybe that's an interesting spot for one of these smaller backs that um, – I'm sort of, you know, the, the class is full of them, and I'm not um, not been overly impressed with any of them so far. Well, we should note that they have already re-signed Nathan Peterman, <laughs> everyone's favorite quarterback prospect. Why? <laughs> Gruden's obsessed with him. Gruden is obsessed with Nathan Peterman. <laughs> yeah, Gruden does a lot of things that don't uh, necessarily – he's there for a long time too, man. It's oh, There's yeah. going to be a lot of years of uh, knocking on wood if you feel me, so – one thing um, I can promise is one of their draft picks will surprise us. Yes, they've done that every day, without doubt every single year they've surprised us. So um, I don't think you're wrong there. Should we move this on to the Chargers? Yeah, this is a really fun team. Isn't it it? Is. Uh, it we is. Could, we could speculate a million different ways on them because they got room to do some stuff here and they got some early picks. This is what a great job. Uh, I would have loved to have taken over this oh. job. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm a big fan of the guy they got. It's Staley, right? Is the yeah, last name from the Rams. Defensive yeah, no. coordinator from the Rams, actually, but he was a quarterback. So interesting yes. that he kind of understands both sides of the ball. I don't hate that. Well, and I think from a you know an analytic standpoint, when you go for it on fourth down, to be aggressive on first down, some of these 
um, sort of analytical trends that, you know, are being utilized more and more often. I think he's on the, the leading edge of that. So I'm a big fan of the, the coaching hire. Um, Justin Herbert, obviously rookie of the year last year. I think let's start with him. Um, I think he's just about unbiable in super flex leagues right now. Um, we've seen though, some quarterbacks in years one have great seasons and then sort of regress in, in season two. Um, do you expect that from Herbert? And I guess maybe the, to more to the point, what would be the factors that could maybe potentially take him down a, a step or two for next season? I think it's possible. I don't expect it, but he made a lot of throws that were just like, screw it, gunslinger. Yeah. I'm just throwing this ball, man. If t- if if he has a tell or if he has a tick that other teams have qu- haven't kind of quite caught up on yet i don't know if it's there but it could be but some of these throws he made were pretty darn ballsy man it could just uh catch up to him in that regard just pure variance but i like that mentality man he's not afraid he's not intimidated so i'm not calling for much regression but it's possible well yeah and the one that always comes to mind is the, the the game against the world champ bucks i mean he made a couple throws in that game where he's got either pierre paul or a linebacker just right you know, hitting him in the chest plate as he releases the ball and the ball 60 yards down the field. Um, there was a lot of good things. I guess if there's a factor that could potentially make this regress to me, it's I think they need to get this offensive line addressed. I think they need to get that position right. Yeah. Um, and so I think if they were to potentially, you know, keep building this defense and sort of neglect that, I think that's one area that um, you know, he performed so well against the blitz and really just against pressure in general last year. That's a hard thing to do year in and year out. I mean, we see guys do it for a season at a time, but really Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rod, like a, there's a few guys who do it consistently, but um, it's a hard thing to repeat. And so I'd really like to see them sort of beef up this offensive line. Um, yeah, we also, could see a turnover spike, certainly. Yeah, and that's that's my worry is that blindside hits, you know, taking some of these shots and, and not having him work out, you know, when he's facing pressure. I just... Um, that's the thing that worries me. Austin Eckler will be back, I believe. Is that, I mean, I think he's still under contract. Yeah, that's, I think his contract's relatively young still. So I'm guessing he'll be back. I think it would be a lot of dead money to cut him and why he's still very good. Yeah. And I liked what I saw to him last year. I think he can still be successful. I think we all got a little bit carried away last season. Um, but as a, you know, I think he's a potential buy going into this, this off season, um, as sort of one of the very bottom tier guys that you can plug in and play every single week at the running back position. I'm not going to call him an RB1 the way he was two years ago, um, but I think he can give you really steady production. Um, Keenan Allen is an absolute stud. I think he's he kind of falls into that Mike Evans category of perennially um, sort of undervalued this time of year. So um, if I'm a contending team, I'd at least shoot an offer with a late first round pick and a, you know, a sexy sort of, you know, um, probably not up to the Darnell Mooney, uh, range, but Gabe Davis and the 110 for Keenan Allen. I think that's the type of thing you can get done. Um, how do you feel about those two assets specifically before we get into the two guys who potentially could depart? Yeah, if you if Eckler is a buy for you, then he absolutely is a buy for me because I've consistently ranked him quite a bit higher than you and probably higher yeah. than I should. Yeah. He's at the bottom of tier four for you. He's at the top of tier three for me. So yeah, I guess I am buying Austin Eckler. <laughs> I haven't made any of those trades yet, but I, I'm a big believer in his talent. I, I think he's 
uh, everything that some of these high, high end guys could be just maybe 10% less. Uh, If he gets more volume, why couldn't he be a Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara type player? The usage has been very similar to those two players over the course of his career when he has been healthy. And, you know, he's, I don't think he's as good as either of those players. No, but it's not a significant. No, it's not. He's a, he's a very, very good player. Yeah, absolutely. So Um, he fits the archetype that both of us like. That's why I'm probably a lot higher. I totally agree. Um, Hunter Henry and Mike Williams here. Uh, both are set to depart for free agency. I think the team, you know, they have 34 million in cap. They probably look to retain one or the other. Um, just your thoughts on their season and potentially are either of them buys or sells for you. Henry's never been a guy that I particularly have been fond of the talents average and the durability is poor. So it's never the kind of tight end I'm going to be targeting in dynasty leagues. And, you know, I'll take a dart throw on him in some redraft leagues. If, if, you know, if he ends up in a spot where he's a starter, because any, you know, tight end such a wasteland, but I'm, you know, in redraft leagues, if I'm not getting one of the top guys, I'm waiting and just taking a few and hoping to hit on somebody. But as far as dynasty goes, I I probably got to drop them in my rankings. Um, Mike Williams has been a guy that I've always been kind of fond of. So I'm curious to see what happens with him. I think I've tempered my uh, expectations for his upside, but I think he's uh, he might just be kind of getting lost with all the influx of talent. You might be able to steal him right now. That's that's my thinking, is that he's he's a real buy, I think, for me right now. I mean, I mentioned uh, giving up a second for, um, who was that, Keenan Allen? Was it? No, it wasn't Keenan Allen. It was somebody in the last conversation. Either way, oh, it's Henry Ruggs. I, I think you can get Mike Williams even for less than that. I think you probably two ten. In a super flex league, I think buys Mike Williams right now. I'm still a huge fan of the talent. He has the same, he has the same durability issues that Hunter Henry has. Um, but I frankly don't really care where he ends up. If it's not Los Angeles, you know, what I think he does so well doesn't require good quarterback play. It's just kind of can you throw the ball up there because Mike Williams can go make just about any catch. Yeah. A year where he plays 16 games as a starting, you know, one or two wide receiver for a team, I think he's going to put up a top 20 season. It's just he hasn't done it yet. So as cheap as he is right now, I do think he's he's a potential buy. Um, kind of the last guy I want to touch on, um, and, you know, th- they could address this position in the draft, but just a guy that I'm still interested in, I think, can do the job at least and, and be competent, and that's Donald Parham. Um, I think you should still be making offers for him. Fourth or fifth rounders might get it done, frankly. Um, I don't know that there's you know a cheaper buy in a tight end premium league right now than, than Donald Parham. What do you think about that? Yeah, don't hate that. Uh, Justin Herbert's not afraid to spread the ball around. We saw a lot of no-name, fourth, fi- fourth or fifth type reads on the play getting the ball. He, he finds the open man, and if, you're, if you make the way to the field in the Chargers offense – you might score a random touchdown here and there. So, uh, yeah, if they don't address a position, though, there's certainly the upside there that he could fall into this job. I addressed the position for them in my mock. I got Pat Fryermuth in yep. round two. Absolutely love that fit. Love that would that get pick, me excited. Yeah. We gave them um, uh, Kyle Pitts in our joint mock in the first yes, round. So uh, it wouldn't shock me to see him address it in the draft. Well, I was curious. It was Pitts already gone? Because I sort of feel like this is about assuming if we're assuming Hunter Henry is moving on, which I think 
it feels like a safe assumption, but we, you know, I guess you just never know. That feels like sort of the floor. It's either here or Arizona. I don't know where the floor is quite on his draft cap. It'll depend upon Henry, but I sort of feel like um, that is a guy that, that God, would make so much sense in this offense. Yeah, Pitts was already gone in my mock. I, I he was, didn't, okay. I don't remember what team I had of me sure. took him, but, yeah, he wasn't available. So I took Caleb Farley, a, a cornerback that I think you're fond of. And not, a, I, yeah. not their biggest need, but it was just kind of a best player available type situation. Yeah, well, if, if he was there at 13, I, I would be surprised, but he's certainly worth that pick. Um, it was unfortunate you weren't able to address the offensive line, so maybe they were, you know, something they looked to do in free agency. Um, certainly it could go a bunch of different ways. I think that is such a big need for them. Yeah. Um, it's a deep draft, so in the third, fourth, I think they could definitely address the te- interior there. Um, but at 13, man, uh, keeping Elijah Vera Tucker in the in the home state, um, you know, getting Slater or obviously Sewell would be would be fantastic. I think that's where I really, you know, in my gut for fantasy, I think that's the most you know impactful pick they could make aside from Kyle Pitts. Yeah, no, that would be ideal. That would be the preferred spot. But this draft, um, I, I did all four of these separately. I can't remember if I mentioned that on on the air or not. But this draft wasn't really kind of going their way, so I just <laughs> kind of had to go fairly there or really reach at the spot. I I think in this scenario they would have probably tried to trade down, but it just I just made the picks. I wasn't gonna mess around with all that for this exercise. Totally makes sense. I think we should move to Denver. Um, Obviously a disappointing season for Drew Locke, for the receivers. Obviously Sutton went down with the injury right away. Um, both running backs for fantasy purposes sort of, you know, um, ate into each other's workload. Neither were, you know, significantly consistent game to game and week to week. Um, what are you doing with any Broncos skill position players? I think they're, they all feel like buys to me, but I think when – it feels that obvious. It, it also feels to me like maybe that's how the rest of the community feels. And so their value gets pushed. That's sort of how I felt about Cortland Sutton coming into the last, you know, couple of weeks where I see him um, coming up on buy shows everywhere. I listen to a lot of pods and he comes up a lot in that regard. And I just wonder if the whole community thinks he's a buy is, you know, is he actually potentially a sell because there's people aggressively chasing that. Yeah, it's interesting. I think uh, I'm in a holding pattern because they're big game hunting for quarterback. They're going they to Deshaun Watson. They're not going to settle. I think it was basically Watson or bust or something like that that I read today. If they don't, if they can't land that high end guy, they're just going to run it back with Drew Locke and maybe bring in like an Andy Dalton or something to compete. Okay. Yep. So uh, there's such a wide range of possibilities right now. I, I guess they're more of a buy for me right now, just with the potential. Uh, boom of maybe adding to Deshaun Watson, but man, I'm so let invested ask, in this team already. I might be the wrong guy to ask. Let me ask this question: If let's say let's let's presume they got Watson, yeah, uh, who would you have ranked higher, Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy? Judy. Okay, and see that's that's where I'm at, and I feel like the community at this point, um, because we've seen a a thousand yard season out of Cortland Sutton, he's probably put more good tape out there. Um, I feel like, but he's also, he's older than I think most people know. I think he's going to be going into his age 26 season next year, really with yeah. only one quality season of production. Jerry Judy, I think you'd be resetting the clock by four years. And if you really did give them to Sean Watson, a player like Jerry Judy, who's just 
consistently open play after play, I think would, would Deshaun Watson would just abuse people with Judy. I think that would be so. That's really my issue with Sutton is that yes, the value could spike because they do go land a big fish in the quarterback market. Um, at the same time, I think it's Judy long term there, and so that's that's really my issue. I wonder if Sutton in a year or two isn't in a similar scenario as Kenny Galladay. Um, in terms of the, the team doesn't really isn't ready to commit to him long term. He's 27 years old. They decide to let him kind of go out on the open market and test the waters. So um, I'm a little bit concerned about Cortland Sutton, and that sucks because there was very few people as high on him coming out of SMU as I was. And um, go ahead. Yeah, all all valid points. Uh, I'm I'm hardcore on Team Jerry Judy. I'm ride or die. So I'm I got my chips in that basket. And yes, the drops were a concern, but I'm I'm willing to give him more time. I think it's a great time to go buy Jerry Judy shares. And I think it's a good time to go buy Noah Fan shares. I think, frankly, all three of them I would pay up to the 107 um, in terms of trying to trying to go acquire them 107 plus something. I think. That's something you could probably get done. Um, yeah, we're both almost over the moon on Jerry Judy. So I think we should maybe move on. I know you're a big fan of Noah Fant. Do you want to weigh on him before we, we move on to the offseason? Sure, bye. <laughs> I don't have much to add. I love Noah Fant. Go get him. Perfect. All right. Well, this is a team that has a bunch of cap space. Um, so certainly they could make some sort of big contract with a quarterback work. Um, they're sitting at 109, so it feels like a little bit on the outside looking in at the quarterback market in the draft. Um, Philip Lindsay more than likely will will be moving on. They could potentially franchise tag him, work out a long-term deal, but he is um, currently not under contract. And Von Miller, um, it sounds pretty likely that this is uh, this is going to be a cut in the offseason. They can save up a bunch of money by doing it. Um, it sounds like it's it's maybe the last we've seen the last of, of Von Miller in Denver. Um, so with that said, a team that can spend some money, um, do you expect, I mean, is there a running back out there that they could potentially go at in free agency that would help them? I mean, I know they just kind of did that with Melvin Gordon. Uh, what do you look for this team to do in free agency and then specifically in the draft? Yeah, they could find themselves in a pretty advantageous position here. If this running back market gets stale, could they overpay Aaron Jones on a shorter deal, right. get him to do, get him to go there, make the offense a little more electric? That could be intriguing. I'd rather see them target uh, like Brandon Scherf or something from Washington, sure. yeah. beef up the O line, use the cap money for that. I think that's more important to me. Uh, if you're letting Von Miller go, you got to address the edge. So yep. I, I don't love the idea of going big at running back. I'd rather just see them um, try to be more frugal with that position. Melvin Gordon is what he is. I don't think it makes that position um, stable, but I don't think it makes it like a desperate need either. I'd rather see him uh, address the trenches. Well, we didn't really talk about Gordon on the fantasy side. Do you expect him to be the starting running back in Denver next year? I think it's... I'd flip a coin right now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go no because I, I just not I didn't see much from him. Yeah, and I, I think he's frankly, um, he's where Todd Gurley was last year for me. I think you can still get out for something, um, well, something that's that's got some worth to you, something that you can build with. Um, I think he's a guy that I'd be getting out on right now. Um, as far as the draft goes, 109, I really don't see them getting a quarterback. I know you had them getting Trey Lance here. I think that they would um, do cartwheels to make that happen. Um, 
if they aren't going to take a quarterback in the draft, I just I don't see a lot of ways this fantasy offense changes significantly. Do you? Yeah, I, I I mean, I didn't give them Trey Lance at 109. The simulator allowed him to fall that far. So right. I just did what any sensible Broncos GM would have done in that situation and take took Trey Lance. But yeah, that's probably far fetched. So uh, I'm 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 just really starting to think it's gonna be one more year of Drew Locke and that, I, that bums me out, but it seems like the most likely case at this point. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I I really loved the Jabril Cox pick uh, in the second round here. Yeah, he um, can cover, and that they could really use a linebacker that can cover. Yeah. Josie Jewell and and Ale- I believe it's Alex Johnson are just completely average athletes. I think they need to add some um, electric, you know, type players in, into that uh, second second uh, or into the linebacker core. I should just say. Um, so I love that pick. I think he, he'd be great for IDP leagues and would start right away. Um, I think we should move into our prospect film draft. Yeah. Um, the bit here is that we're going to draft three players each uh, or two players for the other person and uh, one for ourselves of, of prospects that we'd like to watch some film on this weekend. So, um, Newts, I think in the past you've started it off. So why don't I start it off this week? Um, a guy that I'm getting really interested in, a guy that I had basically – uh, taken off my board because I thought he was going back and then was a late dec- declaration. Um, but is an exciting player, a guy that I just I'm really interested in. Tommy Tremble, the tight end out of Notre Dame, um, is one guy that I would like for you to watch this weekend. All right, makes a lot of sense. I've done a lot of recent work on this position, so um, I'll have good uh, you know idea of where he stacks up against the uh, the recent guys that I've watched, the big three, if you will, and Friar Muth and. Brevin Jordan and Kyle Pitts. So perfect. Uh, glad you picked him for me. I, when I was doing these mock drafts, um, I noticed PFF, regardless of your opinion on them, uh, is irrelevant, but they had some kind of guys that I was surprised by how high they were uh, okay. on their list. Um, and I'm going to ask you, you're going to have to kind of work outside the box and studying these two because uh, nerds doesn't have film on either of them, but I mm-hmm. looked on YouTube. There's plenty of stuff you can oh, yeah. find on YouTube. Yep. So first I'm going to give you Jalen Darden from North Texas wide receiver. They were, he, they had him above Amon Ross St. Brown. The, he oh. was like something like their eighth or ninth um, wide receiver in this class. So I'm going to give you Darden and then um, a running back. I, I kind of want to see is Elijah Mitchell from Louisiana. It's funny you bring up Mitchell. I just watched a game tape on Mitchell today. I'm doing a uh, a CJ Marable uh, Nerds 2021 rookie breakdown, um, and so I watched the the Louisiana uh, Coastal game from last year, and I caught a little bit of Elijah Mitchell. He's a guy that I'm interested in. Um, I'm a little worried there's not enough juice at his size, but at least you know there's not enough running backs in this class. Yeah, that we got to find somebody. Size. Yeah, I know, and so he's a guy that at least has the size. Um, I did see some some things there. You know, it, it's tough because uh, Louisiana had uh, Raymond Calais last year, as well as uh, I don't know his first name, but his last name is Ragus. So it's a crowded crowded running back room there at Louisiana. But he is a ca- guy that in in moments has popped. So I like that one a lot. Um, and you know, I'm I'm kind of theme based in these. So um, I'm going to have you knock out the number five tight end in my opinion, and that's Hunter Long out of Boston College. So I feel like. Um, you're getting ahead of me in the tight end position, but, uh, certainly that's a position that I, that I 
you know, enjoy scouting. So I'll do some catching up at some point here, but I want you to do Hunter Long. Um, who is your choice, your kind of guy that you were interested in kind of taking a look at this week? Yeah, um, I, I'm kind of desperate to find a running back that I like in this class outside mm-hmm. of Najee Harris. So I'm going to look at Najee Harris's teammate, Brian Robinson, Robinson from uh, gonna, Alabama. I think you're going to like him. I've I've always thought he was an interesting guy when he's been in Alabama. I think he's um, in a very similar way to Josh Jacobs. Now, obviously, he didn't have the, the late you know career run that Jacobs did, but um, always just sort of overlooked. He's an interesting guy. I definitely am uh, a big fan, or at least a fan. Um, boy, um, you know, you know who I kind of want to do some research on. I haven't watched any of his film yet, but he there was a really good nerds piece up this week um, on Marlon Williams, the wide receiver out of University of Central Florida. So that is who I will pick. Perfect. Um, yeah. So that's basically our show for today. Um, look for breakdowns and all these fine young gentlemen coming up on our Monday episode. Um, check out dynastyoasis.com. new blog post up today about Carson Wentz and that trade. Um, look for Josh at dynastynerds.com. Uh, he's got some pieces coming out soon yeah, that actually, should be interesting. Yeah. I got a, a Kellen Mond piece coming out on, on Saturday. So I don't know when, when everybody's listening to this, but if uh, it's Saturday, that might already be up on dynasty nerds. So well, follow um, Josh on Twitter. I'm sure he'll tweet out the link. So dynasty absolutely. Oasis on Twitter, you can follow me at dynasty or at nasty Nudes on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'll always tweet out my posts. Josh will tweet out his. So uh, if you don't remember the URL, just uh, follow us and you'll see when the stuff goes live. Absolutely. Why don't you get us out of here on a birthday? Man, I'm having a hard choice here. Um, I'm going to give you just one. Uh, it's actually a really good day for birthdays, but Dr. Dre, I mean, one, wow. of, the best, one of the best of all time. So yeah. Dr. Dre, happy Dr. birthday. Dr. Dre is sort of where I feel like uh, my hip-hop uh, sort of love of music starts, and I don't know really where it ends. I, I certainly don't listen to hip-hop or, or rap as much as I used to, but... Um, boy, Dr. Dre was a big influence on me as a, I don't know, 12, 13 year old kid or whatever it was him and him and M and God, they were so fun to, to listen to. And yeah, his music hit me in the right spot at the right time of my life. So happy birthday, Dre. Happy birthday, Dre. Uh, come back on uh, Monday. We'll have another great show for you. We'll be doing the prospect film, uh, reviews of the players we just drafted and and we'll have a secondary segment i don't think we've come up with it next uh, our next segment newts but we'll have something for you uh dynasty related and we can't wait till then absolutely and uh, additional happy birthday to vanna white Le'Veon bell and john travolta so long